Welcome to the Love Anarchy Podcast in the Relationship Rebellion, where we go deep about love, relationships, and dating. And putting out there, looking for people to be on the podcast to represent their generation and share their story of love and relationships. You can get a hold of me or pass on the information if a friend might be interested at soulfirewmn at hotmail.com or message me on Facebook and my page is Andrea Atherton. Well, in today's episode, we're going to talk about talking, about verbal communication skills in relationships, and thinking about it while verbal communication is so important, it really can make or break your relationship. And although I think listening is just as important as getting your point across, how to get your point across in a way that people will be receptive and understand what you're saying. Verbal communication actually means use of language to transmit information. And verbal communication is more than just the ability to speak. It's also how a message is delivered in speech and written word. So the skills just don't focus on what is said, but how it's said. There's other forms of nonverbal communication, like body language, that support in having your audience be receptive to understand what you want them to hear. Communication is one top five of the things necessary to have a healthy relationship and a healthy marriage. It creates intimacy as you get to know and share your deepest thoughts, your feelings, and your perceptions. It also is a place where you can share what your needs are, what you appreciate, and what might need to change. Good communication enhances intimacy and just sets the stage for a healthier relationship altogether. With these skills, you can increase understanding, resolve conflicts, and address issues when they arise so there's less negative impact and things that come between you and your significant other. Relationship communication skills don't come easy, and we're definitely not taught them in school or by our family of origin. And some couples will have to work hard and practice these techniques over the years. But it is well worth it. Over time, you will be able to speak openly and honestly, and seeing all those positive changes will motivate you and your partner to continue this healthy dialogue. In the other two episodes about communication, I talked about mindful or active communication, um, like generalizations about how to set the stage for it and what it actually is and 
how to create that. And then in the second episode about communication, I talked about listening, about really holding space and listening and making your partner feel heard and seen. Even if you don't agree that just being heard lets down so many defenses. And now there's things to keep in mind before it's your turn to have the floor to speak. Keep in mind, it's not about being right or wrong or trying to convince your partner of your perception or that your feelings are the right one. And understand there's a lot of gray here. It is also important just if they don't agree with you, it's still important that you share your perception. And plan to talk when both parties are not triggered or distracted by other emotions or other things going on. It's important to be rational and present on both sides for the conversation. Remember that your partner is not your enemy and loves you and is on your side. And try to keep the communication in line with love and empathy. Make sure you both carve out time and space so you're not pressured to talk and end at a certain time. And make sure you create an environment with no distractions or little distractions if possible. And check in with your mood in the mood with your partner and ask, is it a good time? Are you present to listen to me right now? Make sure you're grounded and you have resolved any triggered anger or fear or anything going on so you can communicate clearly. Now, here are some tips that I've discovered over the years of being a coach and a psychotherapist, working with couples and individuals in speaking, in improving verbal communication skills. First, use concise language and be aware of what you're wanting to convey. Ask yourself, how you can present the information as clearly and as few words as possible. And when speaking, avoid using complex words and long sentences. Leave out all the relevant details that could sidetrack what you're trying to convey. And this will help your partner more clearly understand you and reduces the chance of being misunderstood. The second is being comfortable with pauses and giving yourself moments of silence for reflection. Some people feel this is awkward or uncomfortable, but it's important and sometimes powerful. People feel uncomfortable with silence, but pausing before answering question can improve the quality of your response. Take time to re- Reflect as it allows you to organize your thoughts 
into concise and clear statements. Often if you feel rushed to answer, that feeling will get reflected in how you respond. So your message may not come across as you intend. And the third, be aware and considerate of your partner's communication style and triggers. Um, To effectively communicate, you need to understand your partner's perspective and put yourself in that position. Also, be aware of your partner's body language as you speak and notice if they get agitated or uncomfortable and try to shift or rephrase that statement. And four, tone of your voice is very important to be aware of and can play a crucial role in how your message is coming out. Again, with your partner, talk from a place of passion and love and try to vary your tone and use inflection when you emphasize things that are important to you. Obviously, try to avoid yelling, but even talking loudly, because I'm guilty being from New York. When I get excited about something, I'll talk loudly. And here in Colorado, people think I'm yelling, which I'm not. And take a break when you feel triggered. Tell your partner what you're experiencing. Tell them that you're feeling overwhelmed and take that pause if needed. There's another form of communication called verbal modeling, which you copy the tone of another person. It's like mirroring body language. So if somebody's speaking softly, they speak excited, try to match it. People feel drawn to voices that sound like theirs. And helps with increased engagement. And five, being mindful of your body language. And in Communication 101, I talk about an open body language. So facing the person, not crossing your arms or your legs. You can also let natural gestures or facial expressions Emphasize the points or the feelings behind your message that you want to make or to grab your partner's attention or focus. Just don't use too many or appear overly animated because then it feels like a sales pitch and can be distracting. While people don't think about this much, make physical contact. Reach out and touch their hands. You know, if you're sitting next to them, put your arm around them or give them a little hug or touch their knee. Physical contact and low-intensity stimulation of the skin promotes the release of oxytocin, the love hormone. And this promotes empathy in romantic partnerships. And it promotes cooperative behavior, and is an anti-stress agent. Number seven, be authentic, be you, and be honest. Always bring 
your best self to your interactions and your most authentic self. Your partner is more apt to listen to genuine, heartfelt communication. For example, if you don't know something or exactly what you are feeling, share that with your partner. You will be trusted more if you are transparent and honest with what you feel and think. If your partner senses that you may be omitting something or lying, they will stop listening and they will be less likely to believe anything else that you say. And they'll question if the other things you said are truthful. Your significant other can sense this on an energetic and unconscious level when you're not being honest. And number eight, be open to feedback. Seeking feedback from your partner helps to see if they understand what you've been sharing. Ask your partner what they heard and what they understand from what you said. When you are finished talking, allow your partner to share what their viewpoint and feelings are about what was communicated. Try not to get frustrated if they don't quite get it right away or totally understand or agree where you're coming from. If this is the case, try to agree to disagree. Number nine, while I always promote using I statements and taking responsibility for your own feelings and perceptions, it's especially important when conflicts arise or emotions come up. People will get less defensive if you use I statements. The opposite of this is, you make me do this. You make me feel like that. And while that comes out of our mouth, it is never true. We are responsible for our own feelings, how we react. And oftentimes our feelings come out negatively, positively, because something deep within us is triggered. The difference is, instead of saying, You did this, and it made me afraid. Try saying, when you do this, it hurt my feelings and I was afraid. Do you see the difference? It is the difference between taking responsibility for your own perceptions and actions and attacking your partner. This is one of the most effective ways to prevent things going in a bad direction fast into attack mode. And it eradicates needlessly defensive behavior with one another. As I was doing this research for number 10, the 24-hour rule came out in a different way than I usually use it. The 24-hour rule for me is if you have to end a conversation because too much feelings, emotions, or triggerings going on, make sure you set a time to reconvene within 24 hours. 
So that's my 24-hour rule. But there's also another aspect to that where if you are having a bad day and your partner frustrates you, wait 24 hours to see if your mood shifts your perception of your partner and if it was just the bad mood that you were in. And number 11 kind of wraps everything up. Make communication fun. It doesn't always have to be hard, but make time for silly or dreams for the future or sharing accomplishments or things that you're excited about or looking forward to. This too creates a deeper connection when you share your dreams or passions with someone as does your fears or feelings of obstacles. It really does boost the oxytocin and dopamine that's important chemicals for intimacy and bonding. So given this, have some fun with the communication and play with it. And as you practice some of these skills, it's not always going to be graceful, but give yourself a break as you do it. But as you slowly make these changes, you're going to see a great difference in your connection, your ability to resolve conflict and getting closer with your partner. You're going to see them look at you differently. And as you're vulnerable and honest, you're going to develop trust on both sides. Communication is a magical thing. And like I said, one of the top five things to create security in a lasting relationship. Well, thank you for listening to the Love Anarchy podcast, where we go deep about love, relationships, and dating. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton, the head of the Relationship Rebellion. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast today because I know you have a myriad of podcasts that you can listen to. And please tell your friends so they can listen to. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you can be the first to know when a new episode is downloaded. I want to leave you with my favorite short but sweet quote, love is the only true power.